0: episode of Diary of a Sheep Dairy Farmer, where we talk all things dairy sheep, from breeding to lambing to milking, everything in between and outside. I'm your host, Becca, co-owner and glorified farmhand of Hidden Hollow Sheep Dairy. Today, I'm here with my daughter, Rihanna, to talk about who we are, how we got here, and why we are here.
1: Hello. So why are we here, Mom? What's the meaning of life? No, not going down that road today. Okay, not Give
0: me that look. <laughs> no, we are not going down the road of the meaning of life, but we are going to talk about who we are. So, Rihanna, how do you really feel about sheep? Mm. Cows. Cows. She's a cow girl. No, I'm a cow person. She's a cow person. Sorry. My daughter is not a fan of the sheep. Uh,
1: it's not that I'm not a fan of the sheep. It's it's not that I'm not a fan of the sheep.
0: But cows can be trained. Sheep can be trained.
1: No, our sheep are
0: not trained. They our are. Our sheep
1: train themselves to jump out
0: our sheep come when I call and that's all I can ask for them. So let's start out with who we are. As I said, I, along with my husband, own and operate Hidden Hollow Sheep Dairy. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube under the name Hidden Hollow Sheep Dairy. So I used to be just a weekend farmer. I had a real nine-to-five job off the farm, but in 2021 I made the choice to quit my job and be the stay-at-home farmer. I don't think anybody was thrilled about that except for me. It took a little getting used to but it actually worked out well for us in the end because in the spring of 2022 my husband who has been self-employed for 30 years as a custom farmer got himself a town job
1: i think that was the hardest part because for me it really didn't bug me because i was already i was done i was basically done with high school at that point and i was working on my i was already working
0: that is true so
1: it really didn't affect Right. Like I was in high school. Right. Um, Dad, on the other hand, did go from being his own boss to being other people's bosses. Yes. And that, I think, was the hardest thing.
0: Yeah, but your dad's really good at bossing people around. So it wasn't that far of a stretch. So essentially, we switched places. And honestly, I do think we're both happier now. I know I definitely am happier being on the farm all the time. And I know my husband really likes his job. So it kind of worked out in our favor. So instead of helping on the weekends, I now do all the farmhand jobs during the week as best as I can so we can kind of have weekends to ourselves, which unfortunately doesn't always work out that way. But we're ever hopeful that, you know, someday we'll be back porch sitters and not have to work quite as hard. Let's talk a little bit about how we got here. To do that, we need to go back about 20 plus years. I moved to Idaho from Wisconsin in 2001. I met my husband here in Idaho while working a summer job, and after we got married in 2002, I moved here full-time. I did not grow up farming or ranching, compared to my husband's family that we jokingly say has been farming since they stepped off the Mayflower. Not wrong. It's, honestly, it's, it's almost true and so for me moving to a full-time cattle and horse ranch was an eye-opener when we got married my husband had cattle and horses that he and my father-in-law dealt with together and we raised cattle and horses for the first 12 years of our marriage and then we switched to sheep but this was not an overnight change we gradually sold off the cows and our bulls which my daughter is not thrilled about Mm -hmm. so We gradually sold off the cows and our two bulls, then decided it was time to unload all the cattle after I got gated by a wild cow that left a dent in my skull. Three years after that incident, my husband was still picking pieces of bone out of my head. So what made us switch to sheep? It was not an overnight decision. In fact, it wasn't even remotely a decision. So after we got rid of the cows, we, well, we tried a lot of different things. We raised pigs for many, many years. In fact, our last group of pigs, we ended up keeping one out of there. He was a runt. There were three of them. My daughter named them Zeus, Poseidon, and Hades. Look.
1: They were all, like, you can't blame me for that one. I was in my, I was in my Percy Jackson book reading phase. Yes. Um, I was also dealing with the fact that Hades laid in the sun and never moved. Poseidon used to blow bubbles. And Zeus was the baby who hid in the corner and I fed him grapes. So it was fitting for all of them. Mm
0: -hmm. Yes, it, it was quite fitting. And so we ended up, Hades, we donated to a school function. And then we ended up, I think we kept Poseidon and put him in our freezer. And Zeus, because he would never grow, we just decided we would keep him and he would become just a free-range pig. And that little sucker apparently knew what he was doing.
1: Oh, yes, he did.
0: Because he was probably, maybe... 100 pounds when we let him free range and i think the top weight that he ended up getting was about 900 pounds my yeah. daughter would ride him. so then after the pigs we ended up i guess this was probably about the same time as the pigs we were raising bottle calves at yeah. that time uh, we could go to the livestock auction and the dairies were unloading bull calves. They weren't worth anything. We could pick them up for a buck, five buck, and we brought them home and we would vaccinate them, give them colostrum, even though they supposedly had it. We never, you know, you just, they were day olds. You never knew whether they actually did or not. So then we would we learned the hard way not to name any of them Patton because they would all die. <sighs> That's right. My daughter had, I don't remember what book she was reading. But Fablehaven. Fable Haven.
1: series. Yes,
0: she was reading the Fablehaven series she and, was... and she had one that she named Patton Burgess and it died. So she had another one that she named Patton Burgess and it died. We finally told her after like the third or fourth one, quit naming them Patton. And then they started to live, but we raised them for several years. But seriously, raising bottle calves is extremely time consuming. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were going this at this time, they had the livestock auction every week instead of the every two weeks that they do now. And we were bringing home, you know, anywhere between 20 and 40 every week. And it was, it was time consuming. We had no time for anything. We couldn't go anywhere. We couldn't do anything. So I wasn't complaining. She, yeah, I know. She loves cows. So we just decided that we needed something that wasn't quite so time-consuming, but still we wanted animals. We knew that. Um, we did dabble in turkeys for a while, just for the fun of it. Uh, somebody had brought us a couple turkeys, and it kind of snowballed from there. I think at the height of it, we had over 100 turkeys on our farm, and we just started letting some of the neighbors come in and harvest their own turkeys. Out
1: of hand is an understatement. It was an infestation.
0: <laughs> an infestation. They
1: would line the roofs of our barn, that, that
0: is true. That The biggest reason we ended up getting rid of the turkeys was because they roosted in the barn where we were lambing. So we still had turkeys after we were lambing. We didn't get rid of them completely until about 2018. It took years to get rid of all the turkeys. So yes, we did a ton of things between when we got rid of the cattle and when we ended up buying the sheep. I honestly, I don't remember the conversation. I don't know how I came up with it. If I watched something on YouTube, if I read something about it, if I... Honestly, I have no clue. But out of the blue, one day I just told my husband that I wanted a couple of sheep to milk and make cheese. And he thought I was losing my mind.
1: Well, that crow did kick you pretty hard.
0: I'd only had like three concussions at that point. At that point.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So one of the running jokes is
0: mom doesn't
1: know. Mom doesn't remember how many times she's hit her head. Her memory isn't the best, so she does she does the best she can. But um, we do we see how fa- how high of a number we can get to before she starts calling us out on lying to her for the amount of concussions she's had.
0: Can you count them?
1: Can you can you remember how many you've had? Can you count
0: them? I swear I've only had four. Okay, I had one in fourth grade. Hit a tree. No, that I hit my head on the ice sledding. I had one in high school. I don't remember what that one was for. Then when I got gated by the cow. Then when Dad dropped the loader bucket on my head. Car accident. Oh yeah, the car accident. I yeah, I I got a concussion. Falling on me. The...
1: Barn. You slipped and, ate and you were you hit you were down hard.
0: Huh. I don't remember that one. You
1: didn't go in to get that one done, but with your past, it was easy. You you went down hard, huh. and you did stay in bed for a couple of days after that one
0: oh i don't remember that one at all
1: you can't even remember the car accident you're still convinced you had four i think we're up to like eight now
0: i'm sticking with five
1: i'm sticking with eight
0: okay i've had a lot of concussions my brain's rattled the next thing i know in the fall of 2014 we were on our way to bring home seven icelandic ewes and a ram i had no clue what we were doing my only encounter with sheep at that time was at the sale yard when they would come through the ring And I didn't pay much attention to them because we were looking for calves, not sheep. My husband had raised meat sheep years and years ago, but we learned very, very quickly there is a huge difference between milk sheep and meat sheep. I was starting cold turkey learning as I went. And since there were only eight of them, we treated them like pets. They were our babies. They were our babies. They, you guys, I had no idea you weren't supposed to pet your rams. I break a lot of rules okay i'll be honest i'm i'm not the poster child for what you should do with your sheep so our ram loved chin scratches i didn't know you weren't supposed to let your sheep run free around the barnyard or give them bad habits and thanks to that we're still can't quite keep our sheep penned in because our original sheep taught their children who taught their children who taught their children and it's a it's it's an ongoing battle and i didn't know your fences need to be better enforced than fort knox The running joke is, if it won't hold water, it won't hold sheep. And there's a lot of truth to that. Granted, our our fencing is um, not great. We have a lot of issues, mainly because we had people building fence for us that had no idea what they were doing so yeah our our fencing is not spectacular we are in the process have been for the last couple years and probably will for a couple more years of replacing all our fencing and so we broke a lot of rules when we first got our sheep and we're still breaking them now so how do we go from eight sheep to over 300. Well, it took 10 years and lots of work. After our first group of sheep, we ended up buying about 20 head of real dairy sheep from Nevada. And I think the only reason we did that is my husband had gone, he, he custom stacked hay for a f- bunch of different farmers in the area. And one of them, friend of ours, he made mention to that I had sheep and I was going to plan on milking them, figuring the farmer would also laugh and think I was completely nuts. To my husband's surprise, he says, oh, well, my son is wanting to do that too. So we just went and bought, I think they had like 60 or 80 or something at that time uh, sheep and how'd you like to go into business together? You guys provide the land and the building and we'll buy all the equipment and do the milking. So we kind of went from this being just a little bit of a hobby to holy cow we need to get our act together and actually do something. So that was the year that we started the dairy barn and it took us about a year to complete. So at the time all of our sheep, lived on about 20 acres down by the barn our farm is just over 100 acres we like to call it our 100 acre wood and of the 100 acres only about 40 is farmable probably 10 acres are covered in buildings and equipment and the rest the sheep have access to and since at that time we didn't send anything out back which is about a quarter mile from the barn we had no reason to get a livestock guardian dog but we did have a huge coyote problem back then They would walk through the barn and if we didn't close the overhead door to the shop, it was nothing to find coyote poop in the middle of the shop floor the next morning. They were bold and brazen and after watching some sheep videos and noticing the beautiful white guardian dogs that everybody seemed to have and praise and I finally convinced my husband that we needed one. So in 2016, we got our first livestock guardian dog. 2016 is also the year we finished work on the dairy barn and began milking our first sheep. Over the next few years, we kept all our ewe lambs and bought some more sheep from our friend in Nevada. Eventually, our partners, and they weren't really partners, but they had the equipment, we had the property. They ended up going away in, I think it was 2017, and took all their equipment So we were basically starting from scratch. It took us two more years to start kind of piecemealing equipment together and buying stuff up and fixing the dairy barn to how we actually wanted it to be. And in 2019, we started milking again. So now we pasture our sheep all year long and they only come into the barn during breeding and lambing. The rest of the time they're out on pasture. We now have, let's see, one, two, three... Livestock guardian dogs. We have fluctuated anywhere from one to six over the last several years. So we just have the two and then we got a new one. His name is Dudley. He is very, very puppy. He started out really good and then he started attacking the sheep. I don't know what happened, what made it switch. So now he is locked up until we can do a little bit more fine tuning and training on him. He gets to come out when we're out and we assess him. Yep, he he gets supervised, and so we will do an entire podcast on the Livestock Guardian Dogs at some point. So what is the point of this? Why are we here talking to you about dairy sheep, other than the fact that they're my obsession? Honestly, I never thought I would like sheep as much as I do. There are a lot of really good podcasts out there about sheep, but they're specifically about meat sheep. I have yet to find a podcast focused solely on milk sheep so I decided to start one. This has been on my heart for the better part of a year and I have kept talking myself out of it. There are better shepherdesses out there than me. There are people with way more knowledge about dairy sheep than me, but so far no one has taken the leap to start a dairy sheep podcast, which means you're stuck with me. On this podcast, we will discuss all things dairy sheep, from what types of breeds there are, How milk sheep differs from meat sheep. Why we would even want to milk a sheep. Honestly, if you've ever had sheep milk, you will understand how much better it is just in taste alone from cow or goat. We'll go into what makes sheep milk different than cow or goat milk. We'll take you through lambing, all the ups and downs, laughs and tears. I will let you know how I select rams and ewes for breeding and for replacements now that I can be more picky and not just keep everything to try and grow my flock. We'll talk about sheep cheese and yogurt, where to sell products, and many, many other topics. I hope I will be able to bring on guests who have dairy sheep because your setup may be vastly different than mine. Maybe you have three sheep, not 300, and use the milk just for your family rather than selling the milk. We will cover it all. So if you have any suggestions for topics, you can message me on Instagram at Diary of a Sheep Dairy Farmer Podcast or on my main page, Hidden Hollow Sheep Dairy. I hope you will join me on this weekly podcast about dairy sheep and learn from my mistakes. Because after 10 years, I am still learning. Thanks for joining us this week, guys, and we hope you'll join us again every Monday.